Good morning, Crossroads. Thank you for being here today. If you're tuning in with us online this morning, we thank you for joining us. If you're in the building this morning, would you please stand and worship with us? Your name lifted high, oh God, you have done. 
count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Yes, I will lift you high In the lowest valley Yes, I will bless your name Yes, I will sing for joy When my heart is heavy thankful. Let's thank our great God today. What a great God we serve. We can have just a little bit more here. All right, you may be seated, please. Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to just take a few moments and welcome everyone to Crossroads. You guys are happy 
It's exciting, huh? Aren't you thanking God? I'm, I'm thrilled what God is doing. What a wonderful time of worship today. Lifting up the name of the Lord, praising Him. He is so worthy of all of our praise. That's why we gather, because He's the main center attraction to our church. Everything about this place is about Jesus, so we're glad that you're here today. Just a few, uh, few announcements. First of all, I'd like to welcome all of our guests. If this is your first time here, I'd like to invite you to uh, uh, stop by our Welcome Center. We have a gift. We just want to say thank you for joining us today and invite you to be a part of uh, everything that's happening here at Crossroads. There's a lot of things going on, but uh, if you're a guest, please stop by our Welcome Center. We just want to say welcome and glad that you're here today. Our car cruise that is normally here, normally on every Tuesday will not be on this week because of Vacation Bible School and all the setup and activities around the building. So... Uh, car cruise will be resumed next week. I just want to make sure you don't come up looking for a hot dog on Tuesday night because there won't be any there, all right? And then our vacation Bible school, the mega sports camp starts today. Uh, starts tomorrow morning actually, 9 a.m. till noon. We have five days planned of this. Monday through Friday, there are over 80 volunteers helping out. Can we thank God for that? 80 volunteers helping out. And that is just incredible. So as we look and we see uh, what God is going to do, we have over 200 kids have signed up. Let's thank God for that, huh? More than 200 kids. So I, I heard them talking. They're going to encourage the kids to bring their friends. So you know what could happen around here. Uh, look out, you 80 volunteers, look out. You're going to have a fun week, all right? It's going to be wild. There's going to be kids everywhere all over this place. And it does my heart great joy to see what God is going to do here. Then Friday night, we're going to have our drive-in movie up here on the, on the, on the parking lot. We'll have our 30-foot inflatable screen. Starting at 6.30, there'll be bounce house. And uh, I think there's a bounce house and a couple other fun things for the kids to, uh, before the movie. And then the movie will start around 8.30, 8.45, right in that time. Zone. So if you want to come up just to catch the movie, I'd come up at 8.15. If you want to come up and play Bounce Houses, come up at 6.30, okay? Uh, there will be a dollar concession stand. You can get uh, things out there and all kind of fun stuff. It'll be a fun night uh, just for you and your family. And I want to invite everybody in the church. Invite somebody in the community to come up. This is just a great opportunity for people to see, hey, the church is uh, just, a, this is the neighbor church in town here. Uh, this is your church. Invite people. and they get to sit out there, you bring up a lawn chair to sit out in the back of your car. I saw a lot of the pickup trucks. It's so cool. You walk around the pickup trucks. They're all filled with kids and parents hanging out of their trucks. And it's so much fun. So I want to encourage you. Come on up. That'll be just a fun night out on Friday up here. And, uh, and then I also want to thank you for your faithfulness and giving. God has been so good to us here at the church, and uh, we want to thank you for your, your faithfulness. God has used you in many great ways as you give. As God has blessed you, you're in turn blessing the Lord. So we give him our first fruits, and I want to say thank you for doing that. Uh, one other announcement that I missed here is the uh, August 1st, as we're having our picnic, and that will be coming up here, the uh, Crossroads picnic. It'll be down at Palmer Park. That's on your way to Denora along the river. And so we want to encourage you, mark that day. That'll be Sunday after church from 1 to 5. So we'll have our regular services, and then we'll have a picnic outside. Next week, there'll be sign-ups out there, so we can plan for food and all those good things. So be ready to come in next week and help us find out if you're coming so that we can plan appropriately. And uh, last time we did this, it was a huge success. We got all three services. You know, we have people come Saturday. Sunday at 9.30, Sunday at 11, so we get everybody together, and it's this one big happy time out there. So we'd like to encourage you to come out and hang out with us for the day. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? 
Father God, we come before you, Lord, and I just thank you for what you're doing in this place. I just thank you for the way that you have been teaching us and you're growing us to be more and more like you, Lord. God, I thank you for all these things that are happening in the church for Vacation Bible School, Lord. I ask that you will be with us and encourage us this week. Get, be with those 80 volunteers, Lord, as, as, uh, as we're watching adults and, and teenagers come out to help and, and volunteer and serve serve your kingdom, Lord. Do what you've called us to do. Lord, I pray that you'll be upon us and that you'll do great and mighty things this week. Lord, we want to see children come to know you. We want to see lives change. We want to see the seeds of the gospel go into hearts, and then we'll see see you reap the harvest here, Lord. Uh, we prayed for the workers, Lord. You have sent in the workers that you told us to pray. And now, Lord, we're going we're gonna to seek, uh, seek your hand to see you give the increase as we bring in the harvest, Lord. Do your mighty work in a, in a great way. In your name we pray. Amen. And just before we go to our message this morning, I'm going to introduce to you Chuck Green. Chuck Green is uh, one of our Bible teachers here at the church, and Chuck Green will be sharing the message this morning, continuing on our remarkable series. Would you thank God for Chuck Green with me this morning? better? Yeah. Okay. But so excited uh, to be here today uh, to talk and continue in the remarkable series. Love the book of Mark. Uh, uh, as Pastor Ken said, it was a book to the gospel, uh, was the gospel to the Romans and to the Gentiles in large. And today we're going to be looking at a passage uh, continuing the series in Mark chapter six, uh, verse thirty one. And if you want to throw up uh, the verse. And before I start reading the passage, um, I'm going to read one verse and we're going to talk about it a little bit. And then we're going to read the rest of the passage. Um, it is a rather long passage. It's, it's three miracles, uh, but they're, they're connected. Um, so we're going to break it up into maybe smaller bite-sized pieces for you this morning. So the first verse... And I think it's a very important introductory verse to the three miracles that we're going to look at. And this is Jesus talking in Mark, thir- uh, Mark 6, verse 31. And look what he says. And he said to them, and he's speaking to the apostles. He said, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. I'm going to stop there for a second. At the time in the audience um, Mark was writing this book to, it was to, to Romans, to the Gentiles. And at that particular time in history, it is estimated that 20% of the entire Roman Empire, 20%, were slaves. They, were, they, they served other people. 
And it was a reality of life in that particular point in time. So a great amounts of the population back then, when Mark wrote this book, they, they, were, they were hard workers. They would get up before everyone else. They would work all day long. And after everyone went to bed, they continued to work. So as, as, as slaves, as hard workers, as, as many times people didn't even care if they ate. They could identify with Jesus and the apostles. They were, they were busy about traveling around. They were, Jesus and his apostles were busy doing miracles. They were, they were out healing. They were out ministering to people. So right before these three great miracles, okay, when the readers of this or hearers of this word, they could say, you know what? Their lives were a lot like my lives. And there's something about when you can identify with the speaker. I think of um, when I was preparing for this message, uh, there was a speaker. His name was Charlie Graff. And he's actually preached at this church uh, uh, prior to Pastor Ken. And he basically, he has a ministry called Ashes the Blessings, where his son, his son was actually killed. Uh, his nine-year-old son was killed, hit by a car and killed. And he talks about that, that grieving process, that loss process from a Christian perspective. And he's preached in a thousand churches. And he's preached at this church too. And it was funny, when I was preparing for the message, um, I went on his website and he had all these endorsements. And one was from the previous pastor, Pastor John. Um, and it was funny, I was surprised because they had, they, I think they had him under Dr. Jerry Falwell. They had Pastor John Arnold. And, uh, Pastor John Arnold's quote about Charlie Graff was, he preached so good he almost made me look bad. So I thought that was very funny. But the thing was, the reason why he was such a great preacher and people loved to hear Charlie speak is he lost his son and people could identify with his grief. He Because he... He, w- he went through it. He lived it. It was the, the, the things that he struggled with on a day-to-day basis, he, he could identify with. And because of that, his message resonated with the audience when he got out and spoke. And that's likewise here. We see this with the apostles and Jesus going about very busy. And we're going to read a long set, set, a set of scriptures right now. To show that, that they were busy about serving. And then, so the audience, when they heard this being preached, or this book being read that Mark had written, they, they could say, you know what? Jesus cared. He, look, he, he cared that they ate. He cared that they needed rest. And he was a worker. He was a servant. And the apostles were servant. So, they, they, they lean into the message in these verses that we're about ready to read now. And bear with me because it is, it is, it's, I would say it's an, a little bit longer than normal reading that you would do an exposition of a preaching. But you have to look at all three of the miracles together because they are connected. You see it in the words. Um, there's a message to be found in all three together. 
So we're going to start by reading Mark 6:32. if you could advance it. So they went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. The people saw them going and many recognized them and ran there together on foot from all the cities and got there ahead of them. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them. You see this constantly. Jesus cared that they wanted to eat. He cared that they were hungry. He cared that they were tired. He, he had compassion on the crowd because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it was already quite late at the end of the day, his disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate and it is already quite late. Basically, there was no Chick-fil-A around. So send them away so that they may go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. That's very important. We're going to look at that. And they said to him, shall we go and spend 200 denarii? Let's just net. That's a lot of money on bread and give them something to eat. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go look. And when they found out, they said five and two fishes. And he commanded them all to sit down by groups on the green grass. They sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up towards heaven, he blessed the food and broke the loaves and he kept giving them to the disciples. So he, he blessed it. He broke it. Now, Jesus didn't pass it out. He gave it to the apostles to pass out. And he kept giving it them to the disciples to set before them. And he divided it up, the two fishes among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up 12 full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. First miracle. The feeding of 5,000 with five loaves of bread. There were 5,000 men who ate the loaves. Immediately, now this starts the second miracle. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of Bethsaida while he himself was sending the crowd away. So he sends his apostles forward to Bethsaida. After binding them, bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Jesus takes some time for himself. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. So his apostles are out on the sea. Jesus is on land. Seeing them straining at the oars for the wind was against them. They were caught. His apostles on the sea were 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 caught in a storm at about the fourth watch of the night. He came to them walking on the sea and he intended to, to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a ghost and cried out for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke with them and said to them, take courage. It is I do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them and the wind stopped and they were utterly astonished for they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. Do you see how 
this miracle, this calming of the sea was tied to the loaves. That's that's why we're looking at this large passage. You're you're like Chuck is reading us the Bible. (laughs) Okay, we can read. But when we do the exposition of this passage, this the calming of the storm and we'll make the connection to the loaves. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gensederet and moored to the shore. So they tied up to the shore. When they got out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him and ran about the whole country and began to carry here and there on their pallets those who were sick to the place they heard he was. Wherever he entered villages or cities or countrysides, they were laying the sick in the marketplaces and imploring him that they might just touch the fringe of his coat and as many as touched it were being cured. Third miracle. Third miracle. We see three miracles here. We see, we see the feeding of 5,000 with five loaves of bread. We see the calming of the storm when Jesus gets into the boat. We see Jesus healing the sick um, who are in pain, who are in suffering. But we, what we also see, remember that first part of the verse, we see that Jesus and his apostles are out about serving compassionately, caring, um, which the, the Roman world, the Gentile world, the hardworking world could identify with. Let's pray. Dear God, we just pray that, um, and I just pray, that um, as we spend a few moments in your word today, um, doing just bringing forth um, the truths in it. I just pray that um, you would guide my thoughts, you would guide my words, um, and that you would open hearts to the message uh, this morning, and that it would uh, build your kingdom, and it would uh, mostly bring you glory. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see a few things, um, and there's some things I want to kind of glean out or pull out of these passages. The, the feeding of five, the 5,000 with five loaves, um, that's probably, I would say, one of the most well-known miracles that Jesus has done. It's in all four Gospels. Um, if you speak to any Christian denomination, they've heard about the feeding of the 5,000. And I venture to guess that many people who are unbelievers have heard about the 5,000 being fed by Jesus. So it's, it's no surprise um, that Jesus had compassion. We see Jesus having great compassion, care, um, even throughout this whole part of Scripture here. We, we, he cared about his apostles because they were hungry. They were tired. He cared about the crowds because they had no shepherd and they were hungry. Uh, he cared about his apostles when they were in the boat. It said they were straining against the storm. They were being um, they were suffering. He cared about the sick. And so it's no surprise that Jesus had compassion on the crowd and wanted to feed them. And it's no surprise, being the Son of God, that he was able to feed 5,000 from five loaves. That was the point of the Gospel of Mark, is not only was Jesus this incredible 100% man, but he was the Son of God. 
that the laws of nature didn't apply to him. He could look at five loaves and say, that's going to feed 5,000 people. The laws of nature didn't apply to him because he was the creator. He was God. When he stepped and he looked into that boat and he spoke, the seas listened because he is the one who created the seas. When people are sick and the, and, and the laws of nature, when bodies are breaking down and, 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 and cells are, are disintegrating and people are sick and maybe tumors are growing, Jesus, again, being the son of God, can save. He looks and says, that law doesn't apply right now. You are healed. So you see that Jesus, not only in all these miracles, Jesus cared and Jesus saved. Jesus cared and Jesus saved. Jesus cared and Jesus saved. It's a common theme throughout scripture and it's the common theme throughout these three miracles. So it's no surprise that Jesus can do miracles. It's no surprise that he was compassionate. But what is surprising, and I think especially to the apostles, he, when he looks at them and say, you give them something to eat. Imagine there's a handful of you. Ten, twelve people. And you have no money in your pocket. You don't know how to cook. You, ha- you don't have any food. You, you haven't been to the giant eagle. And Jesus looks at you and says, you give them something to eat. That's the, that's the shocker of the story. Okay. Um, it, and, you know, that's the thing that I wanted to glean out. We, we can pull out so many things from these, these miracles. I, you know, I could, I could probably do five sermons just on the bread alone. But today I wanted to talk about Jesus' statement, you give them something to eat. Jesus calls us. He gives us the privilege. He gives us the privilege to serve alongside of him. And he, what he does is when we, by faith, by faith, participate with him, he does these great things. He, he takes he takes. When he calls us to do something, he takes our efforts and he blesses them and multiplies them and allows us to participate. When you look in scripture, God uses people to accomplish his will. And that's why he says, you give them something to eat. And they were dependent on Jesus to hand. They they couldn't create enough bread for 5,000 people. They were dependent on Jesus to what? Hand them the bread that they were passing out. So when God calls us to do something, if, he, if, if you feel it in your heart, whether it's teaching a Sunday school class, teaching at VBS, um, ministering to shut-ins, Working in children's ministries, working in small groups, whatever, whatever it is, whatever ministry he puts on you. Don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid when he's putting something on your heart, when he looks at you and says, you give them something to eat. Don't be afraid.
Because what he will do is he will take your faithful obedience and he will multiply it. And he will bless it. And let you do what he calls you to do and let God do what he does. And then let the results up to him. And then that's what happens. 5,000 people were fed. And, and near the end, if you could go to the next. Uh, actually, the, the verse, the bumper. Um, actually, it was verse 42 uh, where it says they all ate and were satisfied. And they so that there's something about that statement there's 5,000 people. They started with five loaves of bread and they all ate and were satisfied. You know, I grew up about 100 yards from the most famous bakery in Pittsburgh, Mancini's, right in McKee's Rocks. I like could. It was 100 yards from my house and they used to like those those loaves would come out and they'd be the big homemade loaves. But no matter how big those loaves were of Mancini's bread, steamy and warm, five of them couldn't feed 5,000 people. And what we see here is this was a miracle. When that bread was passed out, it wasn't like someone took a little little piece symbolically. They, they were done. It was like the end of a Thanksgiving dinner. They were they were satisfied. So. Jesus did a miracle. He proved that he was the son of God. He proved that he could be trusted. He he proved that you could confess with your mouth that Jesus was Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Because he 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 showed his power in these miracles. And they were satisfied. But the thing about this, when you study the other passages of 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 scripture, the other accounts of the feeding of 5,000. He fed people with the most ba- basic of bread, likely a barley bread uh, from other passages and other gospel references. That was the simplest type of bread. And many times when we have a need, we're looking for something spectacular when we pray. And oftentimes, God answers our need. I didn't say one. <laughs> I said our need. In the simplest ways. And here, there's something about, and scripture says, you know, there's, there's great gain in godliness and contentment. Just being, being satisfied. Um, I read, I read a lot. And I actually read a lot of military history. And, um, I read this story one time. There was this soldier. He was um, in Vietnam and he actually served as a translator many times. So he he could hear Vietnam. He could speak and actually read Vietnamese. And he found himself in a situation where he he was alone by himself in the jungle. He got separated and he was being pursued by the enemy, uh, a large group of enemy and army. Uh, and they were looking for him. They they knew uh, that he was he was there and they were searching for him and he was eva- he was trying to evade him, evade them. And he found this little cave. He found this little cave and he hid in this little cave. And he started praying, Lord, say he, he was a believer. He, he was 
playing, Lord, I, I need saved. I need saved. Send, send the army, the helicopters, the artillery, the bombs, you know, the bombers, the fighters. Lord, send them to save me. He, he prayed these, for these big, giant things. And he could hear the army getting closer. And what was even more troubling, he could hear the commander. He could hear the commander telling them, search that cave, search that cave. Don't let any cave go unsearched. Search. So he was like, it's only a matter of time before I'm caught. Lord, save me, save me, help me. And while he was praying, he said, as I was praying, all I saw was a little spider at the front of the cave come down. And he's like, Lord, I'm praying for all this help. And all I see is a spider. And he said that spider started to work on a spider's web in front of the cage. And he's like, Lord, it looks like I'm going to be captured, but I'm, I'm still praying. Save me. Save me. And he said all the time that spider just kept making that spider's web. And then ultimately he heard the um, army outside of his cave. And then someone was about ready to go into the cave. And the, the commander said, you don't have to go in that one. There's a spider web in front of it. If he went in there, it would have been destroyed. And they moved on. You know, sometimes we're praying for an art. We're, we're praying for this big thing, you know. And when Jesus showed up, when Jesus showed up and when he answered need, it was simple. It was there was there was a need. There was hunger. He showed up with bread. And he that guy said, he goes, I was looking for something spectacular, but Jesus, God spent, sent a little spider. A little he used a little spider. And if he can use a little spider, can't he use you? Can't can't when he says you feed them, whether what minute whatever ministry it is, can't he use you? Can't he bless your faithful efforts and what he calls you to do? He just needs you to obey that which he calls you to do. And leave the results. Leave the feeding of the 5,000 up to him. You just distribute what he gives you. And he's asked you to do. But the next miracle. Um, go to verse 48. When his apostles are um, in, the, in the boat. And they're struggling. He says, seeing them straining at the oars. Um, when you go back to the original kind of Greek word used for this word strain, we have great translations. Um, but I, I, I don't think the word strain does the Greek word justice. Really what it means is, it, it means straining, it does. But it also implies a level of torment. Being straining or being tormented. You could you could put that word in there. Seeing them being tormented at the oars. So the reason they're 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 in a storm and they're rowing 
and they're rowing and they're rowing and they're making absolutely no progress. And then in, in potential fear of their lives that the boat will be capsized. And Jesus, it's interesting that Mark noticed seeing them straining at the oar. Jesus does see when we are straining. God sees. He knows. It's not, it's, it's not sometimes we, we may feel isolated or alone, but he sees the strain. In fact, they were straining so long, it said it was about the fourth watch of the night. And that's a military term. That's mili- it's, 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 it's common for the Romans. Uh, so what would happen is they would usually stop marching and settle in for the evening at 6 p.m., and they would start at 6 a.m. So there, where there was this 12-hour period from 6 p.m. at night to 6 a.m. in the morning where the army was resting. And what an army does is an army has a watch. And what that watch did was they broke it into four segments. Four segments. Three-hour watches. And the fourth watch was the last watch from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So what, what we see here is they were straining all night long. And Jesus showed up at the end of that strain. You know, it's like a football game. Don't you hate when, when the Steelers waste the first three quarters? You're like, and then they, they come in on the fourth quarter and then what? They win. And you're like, why couldn't you did that in, in quarter one, two, and three? And I wouldn't be having a heart attack right now. Right? You know, many times um, God is growing our patience. And we want him to show up in quarter one. But he's never late. He showed up in the fourth watch. And then he proved that he was the son of God by calming the seas. And then finally, um, in verse 56, the healing of the sick and as many as touched it, which was his cloak, were being cured. So there was there was no doubt. There was no doubt in Mark's mind. Um, He was just he was just sharing with he was just sharing with everyone um, that Jesus was Lord. He was God that he from a humanity standpoint, he cared. He was God's son and he cared. He cared if they ate. He cared if they were safe. He cared if they were well. And when they were straining, he saw. And he cared and Jesus saved. Jesus saved um, and he cured. So that's that's the exposition of the we call it the exposition of the passage, you know, explaining what it means. Uh, what I want to do is switch just for a moment um, to testimony. Um, uh, you know, these aren't just words on a page. Scripture needs to come to life, um, not only in the. It, scripture needs to come to life in our own lives. What does it mean? How does these passages of Scripture come to life? And in my life, um, when I was studying for this message, I thought to myself, how did the Word of God become alive in my life when I look at these passages? How did, it become, how did these words become real to me? 
And I'll share, I'll share just a little story with you. So this was probably like, I don't know, I don't have the exact dates. So about probably 15 years ago, I was listening to a medical doctor talk. And he was talking about various um, illnesses. And then he started talking about a form of obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and I, I, and I immediately thought he was going to talk about hand washing and, you know, it worried about germs. And he says, and that's what he, how he said, he's like, oh, yeah, everyone thinks it's hand washing. But he said, there's a lot of different forms. And he said, there's this one form uh, where people count. They count everything. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. They count. Then my ears picked perked up and the reason why my ears perked up was because when I was five years old I, I've always grown up in the church I, I, I grew up singing you know deep and wide and Jesus loves me and went to Sunday school went to VBS my whole life and went to all these different things and made a profession of faith early in my life I, I, I believe I've been a child of God for um, over 50 years and uh, when I was five years old I knew Jesus I knew him I was five but I knew Jesus I you know I knew he died on the cross for my sins I trusted him I knew I was going to heaven um, I, I had a I had a joy in my life um, that um, even at a very young age I had a peace that me and God were okay because I knew Jesus but around five years old I started counting things one and four was my number. Four. Everything was in fours. These, these, ste- these steps, four steps, that's perfect harmony in the world. One, two, three, four. I'm serious. Um, and it started innocently when I was five. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I ate a cookie. One, two, three, four bites. I ate my mashed potatoes. Four separate piles. No one knew. No one knew. And it it started off innocent, but then I would go down steps and one, two, three. Oh, I can't end on four, and there's three more steps. So I would jump the last three steps, and I would twist my ankle. And... um, I would be asked to do something and people thought I was defiant because I couldn't finish. Stop that. But I couldn't stop because I was still counting. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now I can stop. And when I was five, no one noticed. When I was six, no one noticed. Seven, eight. And it kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And it was affecting me at school. Try playing Little League when you're counting. You're waiting for a fastball. One, two, three, four, one, two. But I, I never got a hit. Never hit the ball. Played for years. Okay? I was so... I was in such captivity to this county. I was saved. I, I knew Jesus. 
My parents, probably around seven, eight, they had no idea what was going on. They, I think they sensed something was wrong. They, would, they took me to the doctors. I can remember taking pills, okay, and like being totally like, this was, so this was back in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, and then I can remember my mom, I can remember the conversation my mom saying, I can't keep them on any kind of medication um, because it, it just wipes him out. We give him that pill and he's just dead. And, but they didn't know what it was. No one ever knew. No one ever knew that I, I was in this one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. I was spraining ankles. I was, I was having problems at home. I couldn't play any kind of sports. I was getting in trouble at school. Um, you know, because when you sharpen your pencil, it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And then it got worse because I would do one, two, three, four, one, two, three. I, not only was one, two, three, four not good enough anymore, I had to do four, one, two, three, one, one, two, three, fours, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Okay. And by the time I got to ten, I was straining against the oars. I was in a storm, and I'm a, I, like I, I'm I'm a ten year old boy. No one knows. I'm a child of God. I'm a 10-year-old boy, and no one knows. Just, you know, I'm just that weird kid, you know. And I remember praying to God because I knew him. I was his, I was his child. I said, Lord, I said, this, this, this thing owns me. It, it, it owns me. I, 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 I'm, I'm held captive by it. I'm straining at the oars. I'm, I, I'm 10 years old. I, I said, I don't know if I'm sick or I'm not sick. I didn't, I didn't know if I was sick. You know, I didn't know there was this form of OCD where you counted. I, I didn't know, you know, this, this is back in the early 70s. I mean, you know, you just, this, that stuff was not diagnosed back then. And so I remember praying and I'm like, Lord, this can't be what you have for my life. This, I'm ten. This, this can't be. So I'm like, I, I know you care. I know you don't want me to be tormented, and you want me to be free and not held captive by anything. Um, but I, I, I need saved. I know you saved my soul, but you have to save my mind. And I remember thinking, you know, right after I prayed that prayer, the desire to count was there immediately. I was like, Lord, I just prayed and it's there already. And in a still quiet voice, I heard, okay, just don't don't count for five minutes. Just hold out for five minutes. So... I held out for five minutes, and then it was like, okay, you can count now. And then, a little bit later, the desire came and said, just hold out for ten minutes. Ten minutes. And after ten minutes, you can count again. And so I counted. I waited. I waited ten minutes. And I will tell you, I, I don't know why. 
in those five minutes, those ten minutes you wait, when you have OCD like that, your brain feels like it's on fire. It's like it's it's like it's on fire. It's like someone dipped it in gasoline and lights it. I don't know why. It just did. But ten minutes turned into fifteen. Fifteen minutes waiting turned into thirty minutes. Thirty minutes turned into an hour. Hour turned into a half a day. Half a day turned into a day. Day turned into a weekend. A weekend turned into a week. Week turned into a month. Month turned into a year. It wasn't instantaneous. But it was a miracle. It was a miracle. Some people say, oh, you just applied some therapeutic cognitive thing that you were doing. And you, you, I, I was 10. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I later found out that's actually how people are cured from OCD is they're exposed to the thing. That, and then, and then there's this resistance period. It, it, it's almost letter to letter to how, without medication, many times it's cured. But I was ten. I was ten. So, but I can tell you, these verses came alive to me because Jesus saw my strain, and He saved. Let's bow our heads. Um, for many of you out there in the in the virtual world and here live, I just want you to take a minute. Um, maybe you have not even called upon the name of the Lord, and I just want to give you an opportunity to do that. You know you need saved. You don't need anyone to tell you that. You're at that stage of your life where you know you need help. You need saved. I would just encourage you to pray this prayer um, so that you can receive what Christ has for you, salvation and freedom. Just pray, dear Lord, um, I recognize you as Lord. I believe that you rose from the dead. That You see my strain. You care. Save me. Come into my life. Let your Holy Spirit indwell me and guide me and deliver me. And show me grace. Scripture says if you prayed that prayer from your heart to his. um, That you are part of the family of God now. But for the believers here today. I just want you to take a few moments while I pray. I want you to pray too. I was was a believer when I I struggled with this. don't, don't struggle in silence. Talk to somebody. Talk to Pastor Ken, Pastor Al. Um, talk to a friend, your small group. Um, don't, don't live in captivity. Just reach out to the Lord in prayer as I pray and speak to Him. Dear God, I just thank you for this group of people today. I thank you for the body. I thank you for their, the time they've taken to come to hear your word. And I just pray that you would um, bless this message. And, and, and I just pray that it would be an encouragement and, and, and be embedded in people's hearts for when they're going through a difficult, strainful, tormenting time. And that um, they would find comfort in it. 
knowing that with you all things are possible and that you care and that you save. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Amen. Can we thank God for thank Chuck Green thank today? You. God bless me. I love that Jesus cares and Jesus saves. So what's he, what's he looking at in your life? He's going to care. We know he's already there caring, waiting on his saving power. Amen. God is so good. Hey, before we dismiss, I want to also share with you one other exciting news, church family news. One of our very own, Eric McElvenny, of course you know Eric McElvenny, he, he's been competing in these triathlons, and uh, he made it to the Paralympics. And so he will be competing in Tokyo this August. Can we thank God for that, huh? So I, he is not here today. He's away this week. They're on a vacation, and then he's going to be going to a few more trainings. I was talking to him the other day. It's incredible what he's going to be doing, and a, an incredible platform for somebody who loves God uh, to, to be able to compete. So I want you to write his name down, Eric McElvenny. Be praying for him. You will be hearing from him after this or before this or maybe both, all right? But uh, we are going to give him an opportunity to, to share with you so that you can pray over him. Uh, I just want to Thank you for that, and uh, let's encourage him. Let's stand and be dismissed together. I want to challenge you on the way out the door. Say hi to one person that you don't know, all right? God bless you. Have a great day. Let this dark room in silence fuel imagination tonight the stars shine bright and spell my name the winter cold chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky i'm drifting off in the deep of the valley your presence surrounds me you know that river water runs steady flow and it flows free and in control your hand leaves its evidence all on this earth as i lay here and ponder on all creation you made it all i'm just dreaming in this empty room but my thoughts are gone cause i'm an Slower than undeserving.
words I've heard all my life, and its truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. 'Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that. But the reality is that we can't fully comprehend how you can be all of who you are. And think of us. You think of me daily. You have a desire to be a part of my life, and I can't understand why. It's one of those things that's too good to be true, but yet it is. I don't think my job is to understand why. I think all that I'm supposed to do 